Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. And finally, by Unknown Barbecue Supply, makers of lid hinges, chimney grillers, and much more. You can visit their website, unknownbbq.com slash shop. This is Chad Hayden with Mitch Miners Barbecue, 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I happen to be your humble host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. We have a great show lined up for you this evening, so hopefully you have packed in your libations, fortifications, and otherwise snacks or drinks. And if you want to get in touch with the show this evening, I have some very important contact info to share with you. This is what it sounds like. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about, oh, let's call it 12 minutes from now, the third Tuesday of the month brings 
the third Tuesday of the month regularly slotted guest, a barbecue Hall of Famer, a multiple-time cookbook author, a cooking class instructor, and, as of most recently, a TV show host as well. You know him, you love him, Stephen Reichlin, 914. Then we move on to 935, and we start the cavalcade of competition barbecue interviews. This show, heavy on the competition. But that's all right. Sometimes we're heavy on the competition. Sometimes the show never has anything to do with competitions. We might allude to it, but sometimes there's just not a lot of competition stuff going on. This is not going to be one of those shows. So if you love competition barbecue, this is something you're going to like. Uh, this is something you're going to like because there's varying sanctioning bodies, varying levels of expertise. Fun and exciting. 9.35, Pitmaster of Luton Booty winning the most recent Sam's Club local event in Tucson, Arizona. My second favorite Sterling on the face of the earth, Sterling Smith. We move to the second hour after that. At 10.14, we will continue on with the barbecue talk with a team that is looking to notch their third straight competition grand championship in as many tries, currently on a two-game win streak. The pitmasters of Rail Yard Barbecue, Rod Blackburn and Justin Bowman, join me at 10-14. Boom. Boom. And then helping me close out the show, a guy well-known in the Texas competition world, IBCA, of course, he gets into other stuff. He also gives cooking classes as well. The last time he was on the show, we actually had a fairly in-depth conversation of what's it like when you give the class and then your students turn around and summarily kick your ass at a competition either the week later or three weeks down the road or four months down the road. And he admitted that's a bittersweet pill to swallow because – You're putting it out there as far as everything you know that is successful in the competition world, specific to the sanctioning body that you're in for Clarence Joseph, it's IBCA. So then to have people that take his class, and maybe we're kind of middle of the Packers, but then they picked up three or four or five or 50 really good things that they didn't think about that helped them ramp their learning curve, and all of a sudden now they're sniffing grand championships and knocking CJ around. Yeah, that's a little bit tough to swallow. Proud because, hey, they took my class and now they're trending into the higher finishes for the sanctioning body. But sucks because, man, that should be me. Pitmaster of Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue and closing out the show, CJ Clarence Joseph. It's a really big barbecue show tonight. If you want to jump in, I'm happy to have you. 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Don't forget, please make those posts right now that the show is live on the air. Facebook posts, tweets, Google posts, Google Plus posts, Instagrams. There's another Snapchat, right? That's rule number five. Don't snappy snap on the Snapchat. Also, if you have Internet Protocol Television, Roku, Houses Outdoor Cooking Channel, go to the App Store or whatever platform you might have on IPTV. And if they have the Outdoor Cooking Channel app, download that. And then you can get a live stream option, and you can also get a host of all the other archives. Full list of this show's archives at my main website, thebbqcentralshow.com.
All right, a couple things to get to right here in the open. Lots of reaction to my sister and my parents taking over the show in the beginning of the second hour last week. (laughs) And what does one really say about that? I don't know. Rarely is my show taken over. I'm not going to implicate any Russians or other malfeasance 'er ne'er-do-wells or no-gooders as far as hacking into my show and taking it over. But the answer is this to your question. Was that really my – because I got 15 to 25 emails going, hey, I'm just listening back to the show or as it was happening. Is that really your sister? I can tell you with 100% assurity that was really my sister. Is that how my sister really sounds? Uh, Who knows? Uh Who knows? Is that really how my mom shows? Uh, uh, Sounds? Who knows? Uh Who knows? I mean, if you're a fan of the show, you know how my mom sounds. But if you just caught the show for the first time last week, you know, what can I tell you? She she might sound like By the way, if you were ever wondering, that's exactly how my dad sounds. Who? You, dad. All right, here's the other thing. I think I can finally talk about it, but I'm only going to speak about it in terms of high level. For almost two years, and rule number one of the show, no names please, and rule number two of the show, don't get hooked, which I will abide by here as I recount. But for almost two years, I have been going on and on in a lawsuit against a former employer who owed me no less than $15,000 in commission that was unpaid. And from all accounts, as I was employed there, not going to be paid. Not at all. So what does anybody do when they're shorted $15,000? Well, you might think that that employer doesn't really value you. So you start to look elsewhere, you secure other employment, and there you go. And two years later, you're much happier for the whole deal. You're thankful for the experience. You realized exactly what you would never want to do again or be embroiled in. And off you go. And after a conversation, the last conversation that I had with No Name CEO of No Name Company, while we had some tumultuous exchanges via email – In subsequent weeks uh, before that, he said, hey, wish you well, good luck, and if it turns out we owe you this, we're going to pay it, no problem. Well, six months comes and goes, eight months comes and goes. They're obviously not paying, follow-up emails, nothing. I originally bring my brother-in-law in, who is an Esquire, to file a complaint. Uh, That's kind of kicked around a little bit, but he says, hey, this is going to get over my head, and you want to get with somebody. So we hired a lawyer and filed suit against uh, these people. And yesterday, never mind that a a year and a half later, about a month ago, 222, I was served with papers outside of my litigation proceedings suing me for $75,000 saying that I had never returned back 
uh, for example, a profit and loss statement or something along these lines. Completely false, trumped up charges, frivolous lawsuits, bullying tactics that I was not going to bow down to. So we continued to fight it on. We eventually got that case dropped because it was complete bullshit. And yesterday we finally settled. And that's the thing that really pisses me off the most is that in the end I still had to settle for less than what I was rightfully owed. So there is no satisfaction. I mean there's satisfaction in not being in litigation anymore and it was just going on and on forever. But I think that's what it means when you settle. They don't feel like they won. I know I don't feel like I won. I got substantially less money than I expected to get. But now it's finally over, and now I can talk about it. But having been embroiled in that for two years, I mean, come on. The good news is they paid way more than 15 grand in legal fees. Guaranteed. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show located in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the Barbecue Guru. If you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices for your cookers, stop here. This is the company that started it all. They are the creators of this technology, so why are you going to buy from anybody else? If you're not familiar with how these little beauties work, I don't get into the minutia here on the show, but imagine a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running at that temperature all the way through the cook. Sound too good to be true? It's not. It's real life. You can take advantage of this technology today because maybe what? You're a busy working professional. Yes. Or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands. Yes. Quite frankly, you don't have that time to set around and tend to pit temperatures. Come on. The guru allows you to throw on a pork butt, a brisket, a couple slabs of ribs, all of that, and maybe even some chicken. And you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done, and the guru maintains that pit temperature you set it at. Number of different models to choose from. Some of the more popular ones to highlight. CyberQ Wi-Fi taking over the world, both in the backyard and the competition scene. Also, Party Q, easiest point of entry when it comes to pit temperature control devices. Self-contained package, runs on AA batteries, can go from kettle styles to bullet styles to ceramic styles. It's great. If you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the revamped Onyx oven been winning in competition circuits and in backyards for years and years. It's got a new look now. A little more heft, a little more capacity. Barbecue Guru has you hooked up. Of course, you know it's going to work seamlessly with all the Guru control devices. Here's the deal. Head on over to bbqguru.com. Check out their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. 800-288-GURU, and they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Shout out to Tettle and Perlmutter, my litigators, my personal solicitors. All right, we're back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. 
Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back to the show. You love barbecue. You love to compete. You love to win. Do all three with Smithfield. From 1938, Smithfield has been producing high-quality fresh pork products, and they invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. Are you an organizer of a nonprofit, community, or sanctions barbecue event? Apply for the new grant program that helps competitions across the U.S. with resources and prize money, but that's not all. If you're a competitive barbecuer, you can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium hand-trimmed Smithfield pork receive swag and other great prizes. Here's what you do. You head on over to the website, smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. You get all the information. Emily Detweiler will be on this show next week to talk about the Committed Cooks program a little bit more because a lot of people had questions in regards to how that was being set up and what you were going to be getting, all that stuff. So we'll talk about that with Emily Detweiler next week, and we continue uh, to appreciate their sponsorship of the show. All right, my first guest is seen the third Tuesday of each month on this show, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author. We welcome back Mr. Barbecue Bible himself, Stephen Riker. Good. Well, anyway, hi, Greg. <laughs> Welks, which are kind of seafood. We got rockfish, which is a local fish from Santa Barbara. Did my audio go out? You still with me? Oh, yeah. I've, I've never heard yeah. of uh, Welks before. Yeah. Well, I had, uh, you know, I'd had sea urchin, but I never grilled them. Um, we did our first field piece. We did these monster veal chops, which are flambéed with rosemary at the end. It was a really cool shoot. And, uh, you know, it's I've been working with uh, most of the crew for 10 years now. So we get together once a year for two weeks. It's like a family reunion. Uh, and I got to tip my metaphorical hat to these guys and gals because, you know, we start at 630 in the morning. Uh, several mornings was 29 degrees on the set. There was ice on the set. We had to scrape off the work table. Uh, wow. And then it can rise to 85 degrees in the afternoon. So tremendous temperature swings. But uh, everybody was with me uh, every single minute of the shoot. And this is like Southern California or more like Northern? Well, it, no, it's um, it's about 45 minutes north of Santa Barbara. So definitely Southern California, but definitely not Los Angeles weather. So, I mean, this, you're not unused to shooting out on the left coast when you're doing the Project Smoke shoots. Have you encountered uh, ice in the morning before? Is that like standard fare for you? Nah, it gets cold, but we've never had ice before. All right. And, you know, I don't know if your listeners know, but I'm from Miami, so that is definitely not something that I'm uh, I'm used to. Is it something that you had to account for in the planning, and does it screw with anything as far as logistics or what the setup is that day, or, or not so much? You know, it just makes it a little bit more painful uh, for me. I mean, all the crew can wear parkas and hats and wool gloves and all, but, uh, you know, I'm supposed to look a little bit like it's summertime in the show so if you look closely you'll see i am i'm very bundled up i've got you know sometimes some days i was wearing four layers uh one of the most important jobs on the set is that of fire wrangler and the fire wrangler uh that's the team that keeps the grills fired up so we get them to bring chimney starters on the set right in the you know first thing in the morning to try and keep some semblance of warmth but it's all outdoors they don't, and, uh, they don't like, we, stack 10 uh, lighter chimneys just around you outside a camera to give you some radiant heat circle or anything like that? 
Well, we can do that when we're not taping, but once we're taping, you know, you see all that smoke and fire coming up, and it looks definitely looks unnatural. Um, you know, it was uh, it's 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 really fun, and we kind of pushed the envelope for me a little bit. We did a field piece where we went to a local restaurant and uh, and joined in the grilling with a very very famous restaurant in uh, those parts called the Hitching Post. Maybe some of your listeners have been there. They use a Santa Maria style grill which has the great uh, raises and lowers on a flywheel, cooking over red oak, exclusively red oak. Um, uh, we did, you know, uh, we did, I mean, we had our brisket show because you always have to do brisket, you always have to do ribs, but um, we did a lot more grilling this season, uh, which was fun. Do you find, well, you know, I remember, I think the first interview that we ever did on this show, I had asked you at, at that point, were you more comfortable in front of a grill than you are in a smoker, and I mean that was, you know, dozen years ago. And you said at that point, you know, you were a little bit more comfortable in front of a grill than a smoker. But I imagine fast forward twelve years from now, you're probably uh, feeling equally as efficient uh, with all the barbecue stuff that you've done over the last handful of years. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, after writing Project Smoke, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with any smoker you put in front of me. And uh, you know, in fact, we had a very wide range of smokers. Uh, we had a beautiful uh, wood-burning rotisserie, Kalamazoo wood-burning rotisserie that we did those giant beef plate ribs on. Comes out completely different than in a smoker. We had a new grill this um, uh, this year called an Art Flame, which is a combination plancha grill, wood-burning grill and plancha. So it's great for seafood. That was pretty interesting. We had, we had our big Yoder smokers uh, on the set as always. Uh, you know, we had some favorites. We had the. Uh, we used the the new Weber charcoal sem, summit. We used uh, uh, we had kettle grills. We had bullet smokers. Uh, we had electric smokers. We used the Bradley electric smoker. We had pellet smokers. It was really a you know if I'm the kind of guy that my vision of heaven is uh, is like to be in a hardware store you know or grill store and that's definitely Project Smoke was like. Are you? Uh- or is the show approached by different grill manufacturers to say, will you use my grill? I mean, I'm, I would imagine it's got to be a significant bump for them as far as getting FaceTime with a guy like Stephen Reichland cooking on them. Or do you go out and say, hey, I would love to be cooking on these grills, make it happen. How does that portion of the show happen? Well, um, we really steer the grills on the show in terms of the menu and, more importantly, the lesson plan that I have. So when I'm thinking about 13 shows – I'm thinking about I want people to know how to smoke on charcoal, how to smoke on a pellet grill, how to smoke on an electric smoker. Uh, I want people to see me burning only wood. I want people to see me burning charcoal. Uh, and gradually the menus evolve that way. I mean we also – we try and stay very true to, uh, to local food. Uh, you know, you don't think of Southern California as beef country, but we were definitely in the heart of beef country. Was there one standout recipe that you were like, man, this looked really good on paper, but it's even better when I put it in my mouth, finished product? Um, There were a lot like that, but one that really comes to mind. So, you know, turkey. I mean, every year I've done a brine turkey, so I didn't want to do a brine turkey this year. So I did that technique that we talked about last Thanksgiving where you stuff butter under the skin, and as you cook the turkey, the butter gets absorbed by the the meat. It's fantastic. Well – uh, the week before the shoot, uh, we hooked up with an Oregon truffle and mushroom guy, and he sent in Oregon truffles. Now, truffles are, are those subterranean golf ball size, 
fungi that have an otherworldly flavor. I mean, you know, once you taste them, you'll remember the flavor for the rest of your life. So we thinly shave that and we put the truffles under the skin of this bird that had all this butter under the skin. And then we smoked it. We did a light smoke with oak wood. And, uh, you know, that was clearly one of the most memorable turkeys I've ever had. I got a well. So a close-up uh, project smoke three shoot for me. Um, you know, obviously you said it was your your favorite shoot to date. Yep. When does it start to hit the television screens for us? So we will launch on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you know, for your listeners, ask your local uh, PBS station when it'll be airing, and uh, you know, and ask. Be sure to ask because that's always good for us. Uh, a lot of people ask for the show. Um, very often on Memorial Day, they'll do a marathon. They'll do the previous seasons, and they'll lead into this season. It's pretty cool. I have a listener that specifically wanted me to ask you if, and I can't, you know, technology is ever advancing, and it's very rapid, but he wants to know if there's past seasons of Project Smoked available on Blu-ray. Yeah, we have not done the video on Blu-ray. We've not gone that route yet. Um, in part because we're just not sure next year whether people are going to still be watching DVDs or whether it's all going to be streaming. Uh, but uh, but that comes up, and you know, for your listener, I appreciate his asking, and you know, it is it is something we're looking at. Uh, there was a rumor that I heard, and you're the guy to ask because you were part of the rumor. Um, obviously, you have a, a line of very successful grilling and barbecue products. Are you coming out with a new line of rubs? I am, and in fact, really? I was just got back from Chicago late last night. I was at the uh, Houseware show launching the new rubs. Uh, it's called Project Smoke Rubs, and a few of them will be familiar to people that knew the old rubs, like the basic barbecue rub has morphed into a smoky Kansas City rub. Uh, the old Java rub is now a Santa Fe coffee rub. But we've got some new flavors, including a fennel peppercorn rub that's uh, really am- amazing, a Malabar pepper steak rub, uh, Mediterranean rub is kind of morphed into a Greek island rub, and I'm very excited about them. They'll be ready uh, at the end of April, and if you subscribe to my newsletter on barbecuebible.com, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll let, let you know when they launch. Uh, will they be available only through the internet, or are they going to hit the normal brick and mortar stores that all your other Uh-oh. products have been in? No, gosh, I hope not. I hope we're in uh, you know major <laughs> supermarkets and uh, big boxes everywhere. How much quality assurance and control and uh, input do you have? Because, you know, when you're widely considered to be like one of the names in the industry, you don't just want to slap your name on everything and just hope it sells, Uh, especially for a guy like you that, you know, writes his own books and puts his own products out there. Uh, What's it like to to get a rub to market and how much input are are you doing and how much suggestions are you saying, hey, it's got to be like this or it's got to be like that in order for it to go to market to have my name on it? Well, put it this way, it took over uh, a year and three months to get these simple rubs out. And that was because I had a certain look for the label. Uh, and it took, we probably went through 10 labels to get it that way. Every spice that was formulated was sent to me. Some of them I tasted five or six times tweaking to get the, uh, the formulas right. The sauces were even worse. We've got the sauces are coming out in May. And for the sauces, uh, one of them, it just, it just couldn't get the acidity right. And finally, I made a trip to the factory in uh, Sonoma County. And I realized when I was looking at the factory floor, 
I see this big plastic vat of industrial vinegar. And I said, well, you know, what's that? Well, I call for cider vinegar. You're using, you know, industrial uh, uh, distilled vinegar. So that was why, you know, this was after going back and forth a dozen times. Uh, so I am very, I, I will not put my name onto something unless uh, it tastes the way I want it to. Uh, Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, uh, projectsmoke.org, the two websites if you want to visit them. Um, uh, less than a minute left, Stephen, and I apologize for the technical issues up at the front. Man. I know. We're going to have to do it again next month uh, and, and extra time on me. But uh, obviously spring is uh, here, whatever that means. And I have to imagine one of the questions that you get on the regular at this point in the year is, how do I go and buy a cooker or give me your advice on buying a grill or a cooker? What do you tell people when they ask you? Well, I mean, first of all, there's some basic decisions you want to make. Do you want the convenience of electricity uh, or pellets? Do you like messing with fire, in which case you want to be with charcoal and wood? Uh, second, of course, is your price point, you know, because there are great smokers at every price point. Uh, third question is how much space you have. You know, somebody working on a back deck has a much small is not going to be able to a, a, accommodate a uh, you know a half ton uh, offset barrel smoker. Uh, I guess you know a fourth question you want to ask is are you a griller? Are you a smoker? Are you both? Uh, I you know I'm a big advocate of sort of buying a great grill and buying a great smoker rather than nece- necessarily trying to get a machine that does everything. It's a little bit like those old VCRs that were television sets. He is Stephen Reichlin. He's a Barbecue Hall of Famer, and he will be back next month. Uh, extra time on me. As I said, I apologize for the technical issues up front, Stephen, but always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. No problem. Good talking to you. You got it. There he is. It's Stephen Reichlin. And i got to figure out what the hell went on with my Skype. I mean, this I had this whole thing worked out, and it just blew up right in my face. It was the worst. Uh, Sterling Smith, be prepared to have a terrible segment. No, no, not, not by any fault of you, by the way, but maybe me, could be me. I'm going to try and go back and see if we can't figure it out. All right, uh, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature-controlled fire management. What woods to buy? Who needs the hassle? Might I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel makes cooking simple and fun, and it might just be the unique and versatile, easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like briskets, pork shoulders, and ribs, while also being able to ramp up the temperature through those briskets, uh, sorry, burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility, all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places food in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. That gives you great-tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. It's not only built to withstand heat, but thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable. It fits in the back of most vans, trucks, and SUVs, so it's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue lovers love accessories, and the pit barrel doesn't disappoint here either. Rubs, unique removable ash pans, pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grates, beer koozies, coffee mugs, a full line of accessories that complete the pit barrel experience. Best part, $2.99. Pit barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook, and it ships for free right to your door. 
Also, everything that they sell ships free for the lower 48 continental states. No promo code or new, no coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. Amazing Ribs continues to sing the praises, awarding it their gold division winner three years in a row. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos and pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, contact them through the website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222, and they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about at pitbarrelcooker.com. We're back with Sterling Smith right after this. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers are up there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Something medium-sized, they got you covered. Also, something to take on tailgates, they got you covered there, too. They can also supply you with wood pallets to fire those cookers. Yeah, baby. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. You'll love your Green Mountain Grill. I love my Green Mountain Grill. Everybody loves Green Mountain Grills. There you go. This is exactly why I don't have... This particular sound card, so whatever, it doesn't matter. Sterling Smith, how are you, buddy? Excellent. How are you? Oh, God. Suffering. I wish I knew can what the hell. Me? Yeah, I can. I don't I don't know exactly what the hell happened uh, with my man, Stephen Reichland, but what can I tell you? Here we are. Ready to Here go. Here we are. Well, here we go. All right. So uh, let me talk to you quickly. You know, before this past weekend, you've seen success at this particular Tucson, Arizona uh, National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club event. Uh, We did an interview in 2015 after you'd won. You'd also won it in 2014 uh, back-to-back. So Tucson's been a pretty good place in terms of Sam's Club for loot and booty, right? Absolutely. I love uh, supporting any competition in Arizona as much as I can. We don't have a lot of competitions here you know we used to back in the day but you know it's the way of the future with barbecue competitions and sponsors and all that how it goes so the ones that we do have in the states you know if if i have a chance i'm going to support them as much as i can and and tucson sam's club is an amazing competition the kcbs and michael mcdermott run an amazing um tour throughout the country and being involved in that sam's club it's always run smoothly everything is fine we're always uh, have what we need and the sam's club is a is a great partner and um uh having a sam's club have this kind of series across the uh country is it's an amazing opportunity for 
for pin masters everywhere to, to be involved in this. So, you know, Tucson has been great, and we love clipping in Tucson. I had Mike McLeod on a couple of weeks ago, Sterling, and he was talking about how, you know, the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour was renamed this year the National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club. Uh, I guess in an effort to get it a little bit more name recognition, make it a little bit more attractive to some media outlets and so forth, for some exposure, do you think that that is a good idea? And, and did you happen to see any more media folks around there because it was a national pro barbecue tour versus just, you know, a, a barbecue event? Yeah, I didn't notice any more media. Um, I, when I think about the name chase, the national pro barbecue tour, I mean, that's, that's what it's been for the last seven years and the sport is ever evolving. I mean, as, as it grows, everybody grows. It's, there's sponsorships and, uh, Man, so much uh, uh, focus and, you know, huge meat companies sponsoring. Um, but uh, just to be involved with it and, you know, if it's called National Pro Barbecue Tour, if it's called Sam's Club, if it's called Come Cook Meat in the Random Parking Lot, you got $10,000, some trophy, and a chance for me to have some fun with my friends, call it what you want. I'll be there. You had said you, you remember a day, it was probably, I don't know, now five, six, seven years ago when Arizona was really a competition hotbed. You had Arizona Barbecue Society or, or whatever it was called, and um, that there were a couple different factions going on in there, and they seemed to both kind of dissolve out. Like, what happened there? I mean, I thought that was going to be like the next, uh, that was going to be like the fourth sanctioning body. You'd have FBA, KCBS, you have the IBA stuff, and then you were going to have the Arizona situation. The, uh, currently, there is a uh, BCS, which is a Barbecue Championship Series sanctioning body. Uh, that body is through Arizona Barbecue Club, and uh, Mike Ryman, uh, he's uh, head of that. They've actually had uh, two competitions this year uh, in for BCS in Arizona. They've traditionally had one, two uh, competitions here and there. But, um, you know, it's just another opportunity for cooks. You know, matter um, you know what sanctioning body to 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 get together and to cook and man and enjoy that barbecue atmosphere. So, you know, BCS, KCBS, we've even had an IBCA comp here uh, last year. So, you know, it's just it's. I mean, it's unfortunate that things happen, but all I can do is put my head down and hopefully continue to do what I do. Is variety the spice of life, Sterling, when it comes to to sanctioning bodies, or if you had your druthers? Would you like to see like one country-wide sanctioning body that everybody was under and, and you could really kind of ramp up from there? And maybe you had, let's call, let's liken it to a baseball. Maybe you have a double A, a AA and, and a triple A type level and then you have a major leagues, but it's all under one sanctioning body like it is with MLB. Is that something you would like to see or do you prefer all the various sanctioning bodies that are out there right now? I love that there's so many opportunities for cooks, no matter what sanctioning body. And every sanctioning body has its uniqueness. And um, I love cooking IBCA competitions because I love to to challenge myself with a half chicken, cooking it right, perfectly. And you know, I mean, I, I think as a cook, I don't care what sanctioning body it is. And um, everyone, like I said, has their pros and cons or whatever it is. But I don't think it needs to go under one roof and everybody's the same. I mean, let people be unique and let these other regions, you know, um, put on their sanctioning that they want to do it. It's, you know, we're just cooking meat in the parking lot, man. Sterling, Sterling Smith joining me here on the show, Pitmaster Luton Booty, winner of the local Sam's Club event this past weekend, uh, third time, by the way. Uh, so let's look back at this past weekend, Sterling, you know, just from a high level 
how does the cook go for you and, and does anything pop up out of the ordinary that you had to contend with that you didn't plan for? You know, you know, recently, I would say over the last um, year to year and a half, my cooks go pretty smooth. You know, I kind of get, I get, I, I prepare, I'm, I super prepare, I uber prepare. I make sure everything's perfect before I get there. I mise and plus myself, make sure everything's in order, everything's organized. I do the same trimming. I use the same meats, the same products, the same everything, and it just becomes kind of robotic when I get into that tent. Um, so I, I cook the hot and fast 300 degrees on gateway drums, and I use the Green Mountain Grill, Davy Crockett. I'll pull that out sometimes for my chicken. But it, it's I know my temperatures. I know my airflow. I've been doing it so long that it just becomes kind of robotic. I use, I, I may tweak something here and there. I mean, I love playing around in the kitchen. I love experimenting with things, but when I get under that tent, it just becomes robot zone. I have my timelines and I, I know what I got to do and I know what I got to hit. It's been pretty consistent. Um, every now and then though, something will come up a little here and there, you know, I mean, uh, something will be an off taste or something like that. Or, um, you know, weather is weather. It happens, but uh, you got to deal with it. It happens to overcome. But you know, it's been pretty robotic. I mean, my cooks have been pretty smooth. I have haven't had difficulty with any timelines or anything. So everything's kind of been just. I, I made turn-ins. I hit my flavor profile, and it's up to get a, get on the right table, man. Who knows? Those six judges, one day they may love it, the next day they think it's okay. One day they may hate it. So all I can do is we'll do what I do, be balanced, uh, give them amazing food that I think is amazing with attention to detail, with order, with <clears throat> doing doing it to the ninth degree to, you know, making sure everything is is perfect. And that's what it takes to win these days. Those those big teams that are out there all over the country doing it, there's no recipe. It, it's attention to detail. It's passion. It's love. It's soul. It's, you know, just getting in that zone and doing it, doing it over and over and over and making it perfect. That's what they're doing, man. It's not a recipe. But in order to do compete with them, that's what you got to do. And I tell people in my class, I said, this is what I'm going to bring to every competition. This is what I'm going to do. So imagine me over there in my tent. In order to beat me, you got to do it better than me. So, I mean... That's what it takes to win these days. Sterling, you'd mentioned something. You want to provide amazing food. And so my question is this. Because I had talked to Darren Worth from Iowa Smokey D's a couple weeks ago after he won Houston Livestock and Rodeo. And he said, you know, I don't want to put in the judge's hand something that they take a bite of and they go, hmm. And maybe it's not in a bad way, but they say, hmm, I wonder what that flavor is or, or that spice is or where they're getting that heat. He just wants them to bite it and go, that was good, and then put it down, and that's it. Are you of the same mindset? Do you just want them to take a bite and be like, that's good, and put it down, and that's it? Or, or do you want them to, to think about it a little bit in the hopes to stand out? I think, personally, I want them to think about it and in hopes it stands out. Um, you know, all the little things that we do to, to trimming, to injecting, to weighing every single piece to make sure it's all cooked uniform and all that, I don't do that for to be, oh, that was good. I do it because I want them to say, damn, that was amazing. You know, I that's what I want personally. And, you know, obviously I'm no Darren. I mean, Darren's I mean, the, the, probably the best barbecue person of all time. I can't contend with anything he has to say. But personally, 
I want them to say, damn, that was amazing. Why would I not? You know, I wanted to stand out. I wanted to say, that was fucking good. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Who is this, Travis <laughs> Clark? Um, no, no problem. Uh, so let's go ahead and look at your results uh, from the past weekend. Of course, 697.6 takes overall grand. Uh, certainly a respectable score. You get third in chicken, third in ribs. Uh, pretty happy with those scores, and do you feel they were adequate with, with how you were measuring them up? Absolutely. Uh, I was surprised with ribs a little bit. I, I, ribs have been killing me all year. So I've been tweaking a little bit as I go, tweak here, tweak this, and then I think I kind of hit a little something there. I, I liked them. They stood out. They stood out to me more than my ribs have before. So I knew my ribs were better than I have has turned in, and especially this past year, I, I really can't go on six months of knowledge. I have, I have to tweak the last three or four comps because that's kind of what judges are trending to. So they haven't liked my ribs, but I was tweaking, and I, I think I found a nice little. Something they may like in there. Uh, chicken's pretty standard, man. I've been cooking the same chicken for a while now, and it's been pretty consistent. So, um, I, you know, I do tweak little things. I did an injection, actually, this past time, and I usually don't. So I was just playing around with a little something. But I thought they were both good. Um, so I was happy, absolutely happy. Whenever you're in the top ten, especially that with that group of cooks there, you, yeah. know, you look at some of those yeah. cooks, I'm like, man, you get in the top ten in this group, you earned it. Uh, first in pork, so I always love to have a category win, and then no call in brisket. So as they start to get to the overall awards with two-thirds and a pork win but no call in brisket, where's your head at the overalls, uh, given the teams that you that are there, as you had just mentioned a couple seconds ago? Uh, but do you still think you're kind of locked up for a win there, or what's your mind no. process? No, no. From from what you know, I think I was in the top. I knew I was in the probably the top three to four. Um, uh, Rick Misi from Hickory and Spice had a first in chicken with a perfect one eighty and a first in brisket. Um, I think he had another call. It was like a lower call, I think, but two category wins right there with the one eighty. You're thinking, I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be up there. Um, but I, I I knew I was in the top three or four. I didn't think I had it overall until they called Rick for, I think, like fourth or third overall. Um, Jerry from Burning and Luton, he had several good calls. So he was up there, and he took third. And then uh, Dennis from Porketeers out of California, he just came off a grand championship at uh, the guinea pig out right. in Indio. So he's, he's got a nice little streak going. So he ended up, he had some really nice calls, too. So you knew he was in the tops there, too. So in my head, it was between uh, Rick Aaron Spice, uh, you know, Porketeers, me, and um, and Jerry snuck in there at third. I knew he was going to be up there. But uh, any, like I said, any time with those teams there, you can eke out a win. It's a good day. I think in in a Sam's Club environment, at least for the first two rounds, you know, teams can fall into a well. I'm happy with the top six, or in the regional round, I'm happy with the top ten. Is that a dangerous mindset to have because you're not looking to? shoot the bullseye and win and you're just happy to move on to the next round or do you think the majority of teams don't even think like that it's it's win at all costs and you know if i'm in the top six that's fine but i'm coming to win um if you're not there to win then i mean then you know what you're probably not going to because there's several other teams there that are here to win so i mean these guys are there to win they're not just playing around the the, the amount of competition these days 
there's so much information that everybody has on classes. I mean, I, I do classes and I tell you exactly what I do for all these, a lot of these guys are my alumni. They've been in my class. So I'm telling them that I'm coming out doing the best I can. So they know that they got to do it better than me. So the competition these days is, is amazing. And people, you see me, you know, big teams and, and the, the people who go to their classes and they become amazing because they're doing it with passion and love and soul and attention to detail. So if you're not there to win and you're probably not going to, but to get in the top six and, and to move on, I mean, that's another opportunity. So you have another opportunity to, to get back and maybe tweak something here and there, look at the scores, look at who's going to be there. Um, you know, maybe change your profile depending on where you're going but it's another opportunity. And so, you know, do, do it again and, and do it the best you can. Cross your fingers, get a good table. Where are you going to be competing at next early? Um, I actually, uh, I was looking at the uh, Sam's club website today and I looked at that Sam's club Reno, Nevada, which is this weekend. And I saw they were at 29 teams with no wait list. So I called and, put my card in so i'm heading to reno this weekend for the sam's club uh, reno event oh look at you going back to back sam's this guy's not so all right i'm going to the light just the the truck the pop-up tent the yeah. gate, gateway drums a little smoker and we're out uh last question before i let you go and I appreciate the time as always sterling uh rumor has it that you might be coming to the heat exchange in the cleveland area this summer to give a class true or false Actually, that's uh, quite true. Yes. Where I'm working with some uh, of those go. guys up there. Here we go. And Green Mountain Girls, which I yep. do some uh, brand ambassador work and um, social media work for them. We are looking at maybe doing some classes on Green Mountain Grills up in that area. Right. So um, I would love to come up there and meet you and have a beer and share some barbecue. All right. Well, uh, Sterling Smith will be heading to another Sam's Club this weekend after he took down the local title this past weekend in Tucson. Always appreciate the time, Sterling. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. You got it. There he is. Sterling Smith from Loot and Booty. All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. And he is going to go ahead and try... A local, another local event. How about you try some Butcher's Barbecue? That's right. No better or easier way to step up the barbecue and grilling game than with a little Butcher's Barbecue or a lot. Why not? We all know Butcher's is well known for the injections, the porks, the beef, the poultries, a couple different porks, prime injection. That's combined uh, everything that's loved with the beef injection using its award-winning flavor enhancer and its ability to keep your brisket juicy and moist. Combined with the competition standard in beef flavor, available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Now, you want the go-to rubs and sauces? No problem. They got the standby rubs or the flagship rubs, the steak and brisket and the honey rub. Now they also have a cherry. They have chipotle. They have pecan. And they have the double secret master blend from Dave Bosco. Last but not least, they have the sweet barbecue sauce. Look, I'm as picky as I get when it comes to sauce. So if I'm telling you this is good stuff, it is. No liquid smoke, thank goodness. Buy a box of six, it's going to go fast. And don't forget the grilling oils. Come on. All right, we're back to wrap up the uh, first hour. First hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookingPellets.com for more information to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com as well. Uh, all right, I think top of the second hour, I'm going to go full-on sound nerd out so I don't screw up the last two interview segments. So we'll see how that goes. I can't. I can't. Switch that. Can I? No, I don't want to switch that. Oh. I, I wish I wish I understood what happened with Skype. I have an idea, but I'm gonna need the break to fix that. Alright. Well, I think I might have uh, figured it out here, so. Uh, give me a couple minutes here. I'm going to unplug my sound capture card and replug it in, see if we can't reboot the sound that's going to Skype. And that will uh, come to the top of the second hour. Somebody be ready to call in on the Skype hotline so I can test this stuff out. I can, I can only insult one barbecue Hall of Famer per show, if at all possible. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. That's my bet. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Networks. This is Jennifer, and we're from Cleveland, Ohio, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? <laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> 
we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Oh, he was there. He's gone. I was getting to you, John. I just was right at the top. Hey, you have found the Barbecue Central show. We talk about a lot of things that have to do with barbecue and grilling here on this show. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I, for one, certainly appreciate you taking time out to join me. Should you see fit to join in on the show tonight? In fact, I would encourage somebody to call in. Uh, Here's how you get in. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. All right, so uh, Evan Krim, uh, Sterling did sound good. Because I switched the sound card that he was being dragged through originally. Well, it was actually through the one that was being dragged through Stephen Reichlin, and then I switched, and then it sounded okay. But now I, I realize, uh, I guess, what the uh, what the issue was. So uh, let's race to the hotline and welcome grilling celebrity John Dawson to the show. John, how are you, buddy? I am better than I deserve, man, but your audio, at least on my end on Skype, which is admittedly 3G, is pretty <laughs> yeah, robotic and garbly. 3G? You don't have, uh, like, a Cat 6? No, dude. I'm out in the hinterlands. <laughs> What's a hinterland? <laughs> it's a big word. I'll, I'll uh, Google it to you. All right, yeah. Uh, do, and, but make sure you insult me by saying, let me Google that for you. Like you uh, usually do. That's my favorite. Yeah. I use that all the time now. That's my favorite site, man. I, yeah. We spread the love, man. That's what I say. I hear you. So, all right. Well, the good news is on my end, your audio sounds absolutely fantastic. So, the good news is uh, the folks coming up at ten fourteen and ten thirty five at least have a monicum of hope that they might sound absolutely okay. Yeah, I mean, your audio actually got a lot better after you applied the whatever fix you did. I mean, it went from bad on the guest side, and then it went from good on the guest side to bad on your side, and then it went good all the way around. So you sound great to me, too. So I think you're golden. All right. John, you are a gentleman, and thank you for calling in. You bet. Glad to help. Take care. It's John right there. John Dawson. Patio Daddio Barbecue. You know. He's a web celebrity. I'm... Of course, I am concerned uh, that John said that the guest audio got better and then mine got crappy. If anything, the guest should always be crappy and mine should be superior. But come on. All right. uh, John Yeager writing in. Please tell Blake happy birthday. He's now five years old. Hey, Blake, guess what? Happy birthday. Congratulations, Blake. You've made it to year five. You've got a lot of years ahead of you. Happy birthday to Blake, a five-year-old centralite. I'm going to tell you, I need to look at my phone and see if I got any text messages because somebody is about to go on blast. Yeah. Some of you might remember my neighbor... Neighbor Desmond, 
said, I'm in for tonight. I'm I'm in on the show. Hey, uh, okay, well, here's the guest spot. Guess what? No Desmond. Get that big stuff out of here. Look, there you are. I got the microphone set up for you. I got the chair that's extremely uncomfortable. I made sure I tuned in all of those TVs individually. No Desmond. Again. Get that big stuff out of here. Don't tell me you're going to be here for the show when you live 10 seconds from my house and can't get over it. Don't tell me you're going to come to the show and then not show up. That's bull. Get that big stuff out of here. Let the Facebook scathing begin. <laughs> uh, proper modulation. That's right. All right, still to come on the show tonight, Rail Yard Barbecue. That's Rod Blackburn and Justin Bowman. And Clarence Joseph will be taking us to the end of the evening. Talking about his big win in Texas this past weekend. All right, uh, if you want to get in the show tonight, 216-220-0966. The email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, we are now officially 100% out of horse meat t-shirts. The No Names Please nationally ranked volleyball team, their shirts have been disseminated. They are now wearing them. Evan Krim has a horse meat t-shirt he posted on my Facebook page. Um, uh Stan Dabrowski from Rub My Rack has a horse meat t-shirt up there in the great mid-northwest. North. Kevin uh, Huber has a horse meat t-shirt. There's some other guy up there in the Dakotas that has a horse meat t-shirt. Embedded Texas correspondent Doug Scheiding has a horse meat t-shirt. Kevin Coleman, uh, the grill master of Weber Grills, has a horse meat t-shirt. So, uh, amongst others, uh, Patrick Paquette also has one. So, very exciting, if I may say the least. Uh, David Huff also has a horse meat t-shirt. David Huff, by the way, uh, officially being announced today as the official embedded Oklahoma correspondent for the Barbecue Central Show. Also made the Rail Yard Barbecue uh, segment a thing of fruition, if you will. All right, so here's this. Let me get a drink. I'm a little dry tonight. Travis Clark got a lot of reaction last week. Mostly positive, but there were some no-names please people from uh, the, the KB, the KCBS side of things that maybe were a little put off by his comments. Some might have messaged me directly. Some might have been people I had heard about on the roundabout. And if I may give you my side, first and foremost, I am a host of a show. And part of those duties is to ask people questions. And many times during a conversation, I deviate from my outline because the guest says something interesting or it's an item I want to follow up on. So we steer left and maybe I never take it back to the right, which would otherwise be known as the show's original agenda. But that's the way this show operates. That's the way the show has always operated. 
from the likes of John Marcus to Stephen Reichlin all the way down to just, you know, the regular backyard cook. Everybody knows that if you're a fan of the show, I have kind of a, a working outline of what I'm going to ask. And inevitably, somebody's going to say, uh, when I was just interviewing Sterling Smith, I had an outline of stuff that I was, but he would say something and I would veer left and he would say something again a couple of questions later and veer left. And I don't get to three or four or five questions that I had kind of sketched out that I might want to ask him depending on what he says. But that's just how the show operates. And what makes the show unique and what makes this show the best available is that's how the show operates. And I do not, I do not, not look for people to be salacious on purpose, nor do I goad guests into saying things that they would normally say. Now, sure, I might ask people the same question five or six different ways if I think they have something to say or maybe I feel like they're holding back or they're just not comfortable to jump over that fence. So if I can ask them a couple different ways, maybe the next way is the one that pushes them over to to answer the question. And maybe not because I also know when to relent and be professional. But from my perspective as a host – I would always rather prefer a personality like Travis who was going to let it rip versus someone who was going to give that cliched interview and response and not really give a real opinion. Uh, Look, through the history of any sport, your most popular – some of your most popular sports people refuse to give any opinions. Michael Jordan was like the best example of that ever. The most popular guy on the face of the earth never had an opinion about anything. So in the infinitesimal stages of competition barbecue, I would rather have people have a point of view or an opinion, popular or not. That's why we do the show. All right, Rail Yard Barbecue coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the MBBQA 2015 and 2016 Barbecue Tool of the Year. They come in three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs, and this is what they are. The number one seller is the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System. It's designed for competitions or to pump up the backyard warrior like me. They're also easy to use, right? Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with 14-gauge needles. Two replacement plastic needle adapters, three plug screws, a needle protector. It's 100 bucks plus you pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system, double the size of the half-gallon. Comes with the same amount of stuff. This one, more for the use of competitions like if you're cooking an MBN whole hog or maybe you're doing like 10 or 12 shoulders to get your perfect one. This one's 120 bucks plus shipping anywhere. Then you have the newest one of the bunch, which now has some age on it, the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. There is not a holding tank, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55-gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. It comes with metal needle adapters, the plug screws, 12-gauge needles, 11.5-gauge needles, a needle protector, 325 bucks plus you pay shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world are using CHOPS power injector systems every day to make their barbecue better than everybody else's. 
We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. Not just for meat. How about alcohol-infused watermelon? Every injector hand-assembled right in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Extra accessories, you want them, they got them. You want to shoot those medium ground spices? They have you covered for that. They have a great upgrade you can make your CHOPS power injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. How about that? The CHOPS power injector systems gives your barbecue some power. You find our barbecue Kansas City. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com. That's BarbecueKansasCity.com. The boys from Rail Yard Barbecue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe all right this segment being brought to you by unknown smoker accessories purveyors of made in the usa stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges barbecue accessory hangers rocket hop chimney grillers and heavy duty aluminum foil dispensers the fine products from unknown smoker accessories keep your gear where it needs to be at arm's length and ready for battle by the way the rocket hot chimney griller also available for sale right now at bigpapasmokers.com huh yes yes once again, showing that partnership is good, and it doesn't always have to be about competition. Of course, if you want to, you can still buy all of the Unknown Smoker accessories at unknownbbq.com slash shop. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. So uh, congratulations to Jason Whitcomb and uh, kind of partnering up with one Sterling Ball over at Big Pop Smokers on those rocket-hot chimney grillers. Very exciting. All right, my first guests in the second hour are riding a two-contest winning streak, looking to make it three in a row this coming weekend in Shawnee, Oklahoma, appearing on this show the Tuesday before a cook, as we all know, Show Karma does attach, basically locking down the event for them, so merely a formality showing up this coming weekend. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline. And welcome, first-timers to the show, Pitmasters of Rail Yard Barbecue, Rod Blackburn and Justin Bowman. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me this evening. Absolutely fantastic to have you. Uh, I guess, uh, Rod, let's start with you. A little bit of background on you and uh, is is barbecue and grilling something that's kind of always been in the the upbringing and, and background with you? Uh, pretty much. Um, my father taught me barbecue, um, barbecuing all my life. Um, I got into judging probably about eight, nine years ago and did that for a little bit that I wanted more. I wanted the competition side. And so basically formed my own team. I was by myself. Um, that was Real Yard Barbecue. Um, my buddy Justin and also Tommy is a team member also, Tommy Ryan. And um, Justin and I, have a past where he works for a plumbing supply company and I'm a plumber and we became friends and basically talked barbecue all the time. I had my team, he had his team. Um, last year we decided to put his team aside, my team aside and combine 
and we cooked on gateway drums. And so our name last year was OMG, look at those cans. And basically we had fun with the cans. We loved the gateway product, had a good time. Um, towards the end of the year, we decided to get the Jambo out and ran it and took reserve and said, let's keep running this. And so uh, it was kind of a no brainer for this year. So we went back to rail yard as our name and brought Tommy in and Tommy's our third member. And Justin, Tommy and I just, we're making it work. It's really right now, everything's clicking for us and uh, we're having a good time with it. We're just enjoying the ride and hopefully we'll continue this weekend. Justin, what, uh, what kind of background do you have in barbecue? Uh, you know, really, I just started cooking with, uh, <clears throat> a buddy of mine from high school and, uh, we, you know, I started helping him out and his name's Dan Hathaway with, uh, you know, the Kansas City barbecue store. Um, and I kind of just helped him out and really, really fell in love with it. And, uh, and started up my own team with another buddy and, uh, it, it just kind of went downhill from there. We, it, it, we got the, the bug just bit us hard, <laughs> you know? So we just, uh, started cooking and, uh, started having some success with it. And then, uh, you know, like my, my teammate, uh, that I was cooking with, uh, didn't want to cook as much as he, uh, as much as I wanted to. And so then that's when I started talking to Rod and, and, uh, we just took off from there. Um, from a team perspective and a team dynamic, um, is there, are we like try pit masters or, uh, is Rod like the, the pit master designate and, and you guys are like co pit masters or what's the, what's the, the, the dynamic like on the team? Well, I'll take this one, Justin, if you don't mind. Um, sure. I'm just the head cook on the paperwork. Um, Tommy was the head cook of his team. Justin was the head cook of his team. Um, we're all equals, and we have our hand in everything all of us do. Um, we don't have a, a certain meat that each one of us cooks. We all have our hand in everything. Um, basically, we got a lot of feedback from friends of ours saying, how are you guys going to make this work? You guys are three head cooks. How are you going to come together and form this team? And it, it just worked. Um, Justin and I have been cooking together now for about a year and a half, and with no issues, everything runs smooth. We actually kind of think what each other's thinking. And when Tommy stepped in, um, basically Tommy just fell right into place and we couldn't ask for a better situation. So we are all totally equal. Um, I'm just a head cook on the paperwork. Justin, from a responsibilities standpoint, um, does each of you have a specific category that you're cooking or is everybody, uh, as Rod said, kind of have their hands in it and, and everybody's got thoughts on brisket and ribs and chicken and so forth? Yeah. You know, we all have a hand in everything. Uh, we don't do, we don't veer from our game plan unless we all agree on it. And usually that takes a couple weeks of something not working before we are ready to abandon anything. But, you know, we all have our say and we talk everything over, uh, you know, so yeah, from that standpoint, you know, we all have our hand in everything. I, I, when it comes to prepping, we kind of separate everything out. You know, Rod has his things that he goes and looks for, for meat. you know, he looks for the pork and, um, and then he trims our brisket and, and our pork butts out. And then Tommy gets our, our ribs. And then I, of course I do the chicken, uh, chicken's always kind of been my favorite. And so, uh, I, I, I like to, to trim out the chicken 
and I'm afraid to let anybody else do it. I'm kind of superstitious. And so I don't let anybody touch it, but, but, uh, but yeah, no, we all have our hands and everything. It, it seems Rod that you guys are bucking a trend. I mean, I remember when I was doing the show five, six years ago, you had teams that, you know, three seemed to be light on the number of teammates. It was six people and seven people and 10 people. And, there were the proverbial lot of cooks in the kitchen, but over the last handful of years, you've seen it trim down to where it might be a husband and wife, or you know now there's even a lot of people that are just out there doing it all by themselves and really scaling back. Um, I don't know if you can translate that uh, evolution and saying, well, that maybe they weren't having as much success or anything like that, but you guys do seem to be bucking a trend where you have not only three people on the team, but three uh, legitimate pitmasters uh, all under the same roof. Yeah, and I believe that's what's really working for us. Um, Tommy is kind of our guy that keeps us in line. I mean, when it's time to, you know, trim chicken or season chicken, Tommy's telling us um, we all run everything by each other two or three times. We're always talking to each other, and it's really working for us. Um, I come from where it was just a solo team with me. Um, I had some help. But um, basically, it was just help set up and tear down where I was doing everything. And it was just, I would come home exhausted. And I don't see how some of these guys do it um, because I rely so much on Justin and Tommy. And it's it's really working for us. You look over the last two events that you've been at and you win Grand Championship, you know, as you, as you look back over and you start to string them together. I mean, inevitably, once you, you get two and you start looking at that next one, everybody's like, oh, you know, are they going to get three? Maybe get three, and now it's four. As they start to pile on, do you start to feel as a team a little extra added pressure, and is that something that you guys start to talk about a little bit more and more between you guys, or is it one of those things where if, like, a pitcher's having a perfect game, everybody stays away from each other and you're not mentioning the obvious elephant in the room? <laughs> Justin, you want to feel that one? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, after we won the uh, Sam's in Shreveport, you know, uh, when we went to Great Bend, it was, I, I think we had more pressure there uh, just because we didn't want to be that team that, you know, took their first, you know, GC and then came out the next week and finished last, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure there. We, we were just really wanting to have a solid cook and, uh, and and maybe top 10 you know we were we were hopeful that we could maybe get a top 10 but uh but yeah when we're when we're in like turn in mode we really don't talk to each other much like we don't discuss what you know the food tastes like uh we're we're pretty superstitious when it comes to that and so we usually wait until after we do our turn ins and then we kind of look at each other and we're like okay this was good. This wasn't good. You know, what do you guys think? And, uh, after, after the Shreveport contest and, and we, we, we thought that we had a pretty solid cook. Um, but we just didn't know where we were in a different state. Uh, we, we didn't know what the, what the judges were going to like or, or not like we, we knew our food was what we normally cook, but, uh, you just never know. And then, you know, we kind of felt the same way at Great Bend the week next after that, you know, we felt like, uh, we felt like it was pretty comparable to the Shreveport contest. And so we were pretty hopeful there that we were going to do well. 
you know, you just never know with the judging. Sometimes you can hit good tables, sometimes you can't. And so we we were just hoping to pull out a top 10, and we ended up doing a little bit better than that. Rod, obviously this coming weekend you shoot over to Shawnee, Oklahoma. Um, I know Travis Clark is going to be back there, so you're you know looking to string a third one together. I mean, are you guys talking about what it's going to take to do a third one, or are you not talking about that? We really haven't talked about it. I mean, it's always in the back of our mind. We go into every show thinking that, okay, we just want to cook our game, do what we do, hit our timelines, um, just cook the way we cook. And when we left Great Bend, since we were done with the turn-ins, we're like, that was a solid cook. That was just like Shreveport. And so our goal is to cook every show exactly the same, kind of like Sterling was talking about earlier. Um, it's kind of robotic. I mean, that was exactly how we feel. We do so much prep, so much over prep, that when we get there, we're, we're comfortable with everything. Everything falls into place. So we we do mention it every once in a while, kind of like joking around. We have a, we, we talk in a group, the three of us all the time. And we do joke about, hey, let's go win another one. You know, but that's as far as we go. Because um, we know that this sport can humble you in a second. And we know that the bottom can just fall out of this thing and we'll be struggling the rest of the year. So now we're just enjoying the ride while we can and um, just having a good time with it. Justin, talk to me about you know the team's idea of flavor profile and what you're looking to turn in. It doesn't have to be specific to each category, but as I was talking with Sterling Smith the last segment, you know, I said, hey, the most prolific competition cook uh, on the face of the earth Darren Worth will sit there and say, "Hey, you know, I want to, I want to turn in great barbecue, but nothing that is leaving a judge to linger on what was that or or what was this. He just wants them to take a bite and be like, yeah, that's really good, and then you know, move on to the next one. Uh, is that a, a similar mindset that you guys have, or, or what's your philosophy in that regard? We want, uh, yeah, barbecue. you know, yeah, definitely, we want to cook good barbecue, um, and we we try not to uh, offend anybody." Uh, I've gotten comment cards where I have offended people and it's not fun. So, uh, you know, we, we, we try to be, you know, mediocre, you know, it, it seems to work for us. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that we cook that necessarily I don't, I'm, I'm kind of a spicy guy. So, uh, I like my barbecue to be pretty spicy, but for competition, I, I don't, we, we try to stick away from that. We try to be pretty medium, you know, middle of the road, like Darren would said a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that's really kind of the way I think you, you have to, you have to cook barbecue. Rod, uh, similar. I got a comment card one. Oh yeah. I'm, go, I'm sorry. No. All over you. Go ahead. I actually got a comment card one time on brisket that said that there was an undetectable flavor. And they dinged me with the five. They said an undetectable flavor, and they did not like it. <laughs> um, from a competitor's standpoint, what's from when you guys had started to where you're at now? Uh, what do you think the biggest change has been from then until now? Like what what did you do back then that there's like no way that you would do now, Rod? Um, we are so organized now. Um, I mean, not saying we weren't last year, but our attention to detail and our finishing um, is so tuned in right now. And that's the biggest difference. Um, last year, 
I mean, we had good cooks. Uh, we were a one-two call team. Um, there were times where we were close to reserve and grand, but just quite weren't, you know, we weren't there yet. Um, we did hit one reserve last year in a salotomy, but um, Kansas, but we just weren't as detailed as we are now. And with Tommy being addition to the team, we're even more detailed. Um, he keeps us on track. And in my opinion, that's what it's all about. Just like Sterling was saying earlier, we just, I mean, to the T, we have everything as much as we can do on Friday. So our Saturdays are smooth. And that's that's the biggest thing I think that we've changed. Justin, did you guys take uh, cooking classes either individually or, or as a team to try and ramp up at all, or not so much? You know, uh, Rod and I both took the uh, Brad and Tim's class um, last year, uh, just because we were going to the cans and we wanted the timeline um, more so than than flavor profile because we were kind of already hitting with uh, recipes that we had. Um, but we, we didn't want that learning curve with the cans. Um, Rod, I think took Travis's class last year, um, also, um, but we didn't really, uh, use any of that until toward the end of the year when we switched over to the Jambo, uh, you know, for like timeline and, and how to run the Jambo. Um, but then we've had some help, you know, along the way, we, you know, when we, when we're cooking 20 shows a, a year, you know, you run into the same group of guys and, and same people and teams all, you know, all over and you, you build these friendships and that's, what's really cool about barbecue is everybody is there to, to help, you know, if you have a question or, or, uh, or anything. So we actually let, uh, Ryan Murphy with Dirt Road used Rod's cooker last year while his was getting mounted to his trailer. And he cooked on it, on the Jambo, more than we did. And so when uh, we cooked with him uh, in Osawatomy, we cooked right next door to him. And, you know, he kind of helped us out on, you know, meat placement. He's like, man, this thing likes to run at this temperature. You need to put your meat here. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of went downhill from there. But, yeah, everybody helps everybody in in this sport and uh you know you can't you can't a lot of this stuff you can't you 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 pick up stuff from everybody so it's kind of cool obviously shawnee is the next destination looking for three in a row uh rod give me a percentage of chance uh greater than 80 percent or less than 50 percent you go back to back to back Oh boy, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna jinx me here. <laughs> I would yeah, say, you can yeah. you can answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say about a let's go. How about seventy five percent? Oh yeah, here we go. You well, I mean, if you're not if you've never listened to the show, I mean, the, the Barbecue Central show uh, karma attaches, so it's pretty much a guaranteed victory. But we never like to oversell <laughs> that, of course. But uh, this is Rod Blackburn and Justin Bowman. From Rail Yard Barbecue, as I just mentioned, looking for three wins in a row this coming weekend in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Guys, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. You got it. Rail Yard Barbecue, baby. Yeah. Awesome. I love I I uh and now let the mania begin of me being a kook. I would love to sit here and say, well, first of all, we all, we all know that, I, A, I would never compete. Uh-oh. If I did, 
I did once in a rib contest, but that I guess doesn't count. That was only one, one meet. But I would love to sit here and say that I would really like to have multiple pitmasters. But I don't have the ability to allow people to potentially dictate how my team does because my brain doesn't work like that. I, I would love to. I, I sit in therapy twice a week trying to be a more a more better person to take help. But in the end, I, I, it all falls on me, I feel. So I have to, to gut through and, and work through and grind and get the end result because if I don't, it will drive me nuts. And I'm very jealous of Rod and Justin and Tommy that they can get together. Guys who could all be pitmasters their very own team. They could be three separate teams. Imagine that. Three separate teams. Very, very impressive. Uh, two in a row looking for three in Shawnee, Oklahoma this coming weekend. Side note, showdown from uh, Winter Q with Travis Clark, if anybody is uh, buying into that. All right, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in the backyard, in the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, is the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their what? World-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, right? Ed Fast, Eddie Moore, the FEC 100, PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a smoker and grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality, high durability, high versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or visit their website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack, C-O-O-K-S-H-A-C-K, cookshack.com. Cook Shack was not at the HPB Expo, but I believe they'll probably be at that National Restaurant Association, and do they have it? Is it in Chicago every year? Or do they rotate that around? I think it was in Chicago last year. Showing that new pizza oven. I want to see that thing in person. Don't forget, they're going to be coming out with a residential pizza oven a little bit later this year. We'll have to get Stuart back on to talk about that just to refresh. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we're back with Clarence Joseph to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back.
continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get smoking with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more about these particular items, the grant and the committed cooks program, by going to smokin, S-M-O-K-I-N, smokinwithsmithfield.com. That is smokinwithsmithfield.com. And as I mentioned in the first hour, Emily Detweil will be on the show next week to talk a little bit more about that in depth. All right. Helping me, uh, helping me close it out this evening is a guy I really enjoy talking about barbecue and grilling with, whether it be in the backyard or on the competition scene. He's coming off a big win at the Cowboy Dance Hall Barbecue Cookoff. We head over to the Smoking with Smithfield Hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Clarence Joseph. CJ, what's up? You're the man, baby. How's life treating you, Greg? I am absolutely fabulous, Clarence. Always appreciate you making time for the show. And uh, big win this past weekend. I know last time we were on the show, you were uh, very encouraged as things were ramping up. You were dialing everything in. And uh, this weekend is certainly a payoff. Talk to me a little bit about the weekend and how it turned out for you. A great weekend. Uh a, uh, a high quality cook, lots of uh, awesome cooks in attendance. You know, uh, the numbers were down. Uh, our payout was awesome, uh, but the quality of cooks showed up. So it was a uh, very top heavy cook. Uh, and to be able to uh, end up with that GC uh, uh, set volumes in terms of uh, what I'm what I've been trying to uh, get done. When you were on the show the last time, you were talking about specific profiles that you were putting in place, and we were talking about how the brisket tasted last year and, and things that you were trying to adjust. Do you feel at this point, kind of coming to the end of that first quarter of the year, that you're kind of dialed in and, and ready to really make a burn here through the rest of the couple handful of months that we're looking at? Uh, with, without doubt. You know, I just got finished talking with some barbecue guys, and uh, I really wish I was cooking uh, this weekend. Uh, instead, I've got a class this weekend. But uh, at this point, when you when, when I think I've got things uh, rolling in the direction that I want them to go, you know, you 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 wish you you were cooking every weekend. Uh, and I really want to get back at it, but uh, I've got to skip a weekend to get this class. And uh, I pick things back up uh, next weekend in uh, in Beeville for a for a massive cook. A very uh, a large cook, but uh, like you said, I think I've got things uh, exactly where I want them, and uh, the proof is going to be in the pudding. Let's see what happens as we uh, as we move forward. Are you a, a team, Clarence? That when the brisket's ready, when the the chicken's ready, when the ribs are ready, that are are you a taste and modify the last second or? Uh, are you not about that? You, you follow the program that you have, you believe in the process, and you're not going to make any changes on the fly before you go turn it. I normally uh, rarely, if ever, taste any of my uh, my foods uh, before turning in. I'm one of those that believe that uh, once it's cooked, you know, uh, there, there isn't much you can do outside of brisket. Outside of brisket, there really isn't anything uh, you can really adjust to get taste uh, 
into that meat to make it a part of that meat. You might be able to do some uh, some surface uh, uh, fixings, uh, a little salt here, a little sugar there, or or something along those lines. But uh, for the most part, uh, I make no adjustments after I've sliced or uh, before turning in. In brisket, uh, I'm one of those that uh, I use the uh, the au jus that 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 brisket produces, and I will taste that au jus and I I, I will make adjustments to that au jus before I, I run my slices through them. So absolutely. Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue joining me here on the show talking about the win this past weekend at the uh, Cowboys Dance Hall Barbecue Cook-Off. Um, take me through a, through a weekend of cook for you, Clarence. Um, Team-wise, do you set a certain amount of time to socialize? I mean, look, you look at the number, and you said that there were actually down uh, a little bit this year for this particular cook-off, but when, on the whole, if you look at a KCBS contest or an FBA contest, and then you look at a number of the Texas events, there always seems to be at least triple the amount of cooks at a, at a Texas event than you would find at some of the other sanctioning bodies. So do you set a certain amount of time aside on maybe a Friday to go around and do a little bit of the, the catching up and the camaraderie stuff, and then once the time hits, okay, now it's game time. We go back to the trailer or the tent or whatever, and, and we're going to start working on our stuff, and then we're not going to talk to anybody until we get done with turn-ins. What's your weekend like in that regard? You know, uh, my uh, my weekend at the cook-off, uh, Friday, I tend to uh, – I don't stray very far. I am uh, – if I'm going to be anything resembling a, uh, a social butterfly, it's going to be Friday. And even so, I don't stray very far from, uh, from my camp. I've got a, uh, a usual uh, number of cooks or camps that I will stop into for a, uh, a short period. Uh, if it gets a little too loud, I'll move back to my camp. But uh, I prefer to keep the, uh, the parties or the gatherings away from my camp. Uh, I don't mind going to visit. But uh, when, when I'm tired of the noise, the conversation, or anything along those lines, uh, I prefer to move back to my camp. Uh, but when, when I do move around, it's going to be Fridays. Saturdays, uh, I've got the blinders on, and I'm focused on the cook. I, uh, I stick very close to my camp. I don't stray very far. Uh, I rarely turn in my own food. My wife is responsible for turn-ins. So uh, I rarely, if uh, ever... Uh, uh, stray very far from my camp. I tend to set up uh, around the same group of guys. They understand that. Uh, they tend to uh, to give me my space uh, come come Saturday morning, uh, which I appreciate. But uh, I, I don't like uh, being sidetracked, uh, which 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 happens uh, every now and again. You know, we get visitors that stop in, uh, whether they're spectators or cooks. Uh, they just don't understand uh, the need for uh, for privacy uh, during that cook. Uh, I don't know if it's if, if it's because they uh, they they they've been to previous uh, uh, cook sites that that allows that. But in my camp, it's uh, it's pretty much uh, me solo handling things, making it happen. You know, uh, and uh, I appreciate uh, those individuals that understand that. Uh, this isn't time for socializing. You want to socialize with me? Let's make it happen on Fridays, or let's wait until after awards. Is that how CJ is built, or because of success that you've had, and because of the the big events that you've won, people want to 
naturally gravitate towards the people that seem to be hitting or seem to be popular or have that kind of gregarious and, and ebullient personality, which you have. And uh, you've had to make those adjustments to kind of keep your space. I think it's a combination of both. Uh, we have seen, uh, you know, uh, whether people want to admit it or not, you know, we've got some cooks that, uh, that will come to your site when they know you're uh, at a particular part of your, your cook process. You know, whether it's, it's, it's getting ready uh, for that last 30 minutes uh, for brisket turn-in. Uh, there are some cooks that, that are going to want to stop by. Uh, and I know they're not there to, to socialize. They're there to, to, to pretty much try to, to, to see exactly how you handle business, what you're doing. Uh, you know, uh, spectators, I can understand. But uh, cooks, at this stage of the game, I really think that, that cooks should understand you know, you come to somebody's camp when when they're in the middle of something, uh, hey, back off and uh, and and uh, you know politely remove yourself. Uh, it's the only way to go. That's definitely uh, one of the courtesies that I will offer to every cook uh, when uh, when I do come to their camp. If they're in the middle, even if it's on a Friday and they're prepping for Saturday, I will back off. I will absolutely back off. I, I think it's a little bit disrespectful. Uh, Hey, I give a class. You want to see what I'm doing? You know, holler at me at the class. I will, I will gladly show you. But it's going to cost you. I can't, I can't afford to do it uh, for free. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Clarence Joseph joining me here on the show. Um, you know, you were talking about, uh, we were talking about the win this past weekend, and you're taking uh, off from cooking to to do your class. How many classes are you looking at doing in 2017? I've actually backed it down to to four classes this year. I would love to get my uh, my numbers of uh, cook-offs back up uh, in the, the 30 or so range. So I backed it down to four classes uh, starting this week, and uh, I'm doing every other month, I believe, through uh, September. Uh, right now we're uh, right uh, at 20 cook-offs. Um, and uh, once again, I'm, I'm, I guess I might be one of the, the few uh, instructors who will actually uh, cook who will actually teach their class on somebody else's pit. So I allow, uh, I want students to bring their pits to, uh, to, to my class. I love the challenge of uh, being able to work uh, and produce a quality product on somebody else's pit, uh, you know, within a day or so. Uh, and uh, I've been very successful doing that. You know, uh, in the past, I've heard people mention that, that you know, a true pit master is able to cook on anything. And I'd like to think that uh, I've uh, shown uh, those individuals who've taken my class that uh, I can cook on anything. I've actually seen some of the most unorthodox pits at my class. And I've been able to tweak those pits uh, and produce a competition quality product right there on my class on, on, that, on, that, on, uh, on that given Saturday. Are you uh, sold out? for next week's class or this coming week's yes, class? Yes, uh, my class is sold out. I can't accept any more pits. Uh, I can uh, I can accept, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to say the numbers of people who are observing can be limitless. I'd like to keep that to a minimum to make sure everybody have access to, to, to see exactly what's going on. But, yes, the class is sold out. Uh, let me switch gears for a second. I had the official Texas Embedded Correspondent, Doug Scheiding, on. Uh, last week, and he's been on a couple times here during the the course of the new year, and he was part of a Super Bowl cookoff experience with Traeger that I know you were a part of. I'm I'm interested to get your feedback on how you thought that event went. 
you know, that, 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 uh, that actual event, uh, the, the results of that event was one of the, the proudest I've ever been. Really? Uh, the quality of the, the quality of cooks at that event were, was off the charts, you know, uh, and when you got, uh, four, uh, pellet cookers going up against uh, a host of quality stick burners, uh, Man, that was right up my uh, my 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 alley. You know, I, I really relished the challenge of of trying to produce a quality product uh, on a pellet uh, burner uh, going up against those stick burners. You know, uh, that that entire weekend, as as cooks walked past us, they would make the little the little side remarks. Uh, I hope your electricity goes out here. This, that, the other, and uh, while we didn't win it, you know, we we finished uh, we finished uh, reserve which uh, I, I just blew my mind away. Uh, we, we top three, uh, every category. So, uh, very, very happy. Uh, and it goes to prove again, you know, uh, a quality recipe, uh, can, uh, can provide uh, positive results on, on just about any type of cooker. You know, when we talk about pellet cookers, Clarence, I know a couple of weeks ago when uh, Houston livestock and rodeo was going, there was, uh, I think it was a two hour period of time where there, <laughs> there, uh, Assuming I understood this right from Doug, there was a, a time when they were banning pellet cookers, uh, and, and then that kind of got overturned. But I mean, are, are, and, I, and I remember hearing about that at some point last season where they were going to bring it up in some type of a meeting to ban pellet cookers. What's your thought on that? Are you, are you a, a pellet cooker guy? Do you not care about pellet cookers? I had read a post by Craig Sherry or earlier today, kind of dictating what kind of pits can be used in competition, and, and I guess if you'll start looking at how a pellet cooker runs. Some people would make an argument that they're falling into the illegal cooker. Where, where do you stretch out on that? I I love the pellet cookers. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a trigger in my backyard, and man, I use that. I burn that thing uh, two three times a week, and it produces a quality product. Uh, I uh, I am not ready to use it in a competition, uh, but with that said. I don't see any problem uh, with anybody using it, uh, using it in a competition. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't concern me. It doesn't give me pause when I show up at a, uh, an event. You know, I don't, I don't care what you're cooking on. Uh, I still uh, walk into that event uh, with the attitude that uh, you're still going to have to produce a better product than me. Uh, uh, and again, uh, it's not so much the pit you're cooking on. You know, you you still got to prep for that event. You still got to uh, to make uh, your prep come true with your cook during that uh, during that that Saturday, that entire Saturday. So uh, I don't care what you're cooking on. I uh, I don't see any reason to ban it anywhere. Uh, but uh, there are a lot of cooks that are concerned with that set it and forget it mentality. You know. Uh, there are a lot of cooks that are concerned that these guys are, are cooking on ovens or whatever the case might be. I would tease uh, some of my pairs every now and again, but uh, when when it all comes down to uh, events, I feel that you should be able to cook on just about anything that uh, that you have. Uh, it, it you still got to produce that, that that quality product, and if if I don't feel that I can beat you, then uh, I need to find uh, another hobby. Clarence, where can people go to sign up? Uh, obviously, you said this coming weekend's class is filled up, but if people are interested in signing up for a future class, where can they go to do that? You know, I uh, I've been working uh, on a on a web page. 
for uh, my barbecue team, my, my barbecue class, but I uh, haven't quite gotten it to where uh, it is it is functional yet. So in the meantime, uh, you know, I uh, I do a lot of posting on my my personal account. I do a lot of posting on my team page, uh, and I also use several of the Texas barbecue forums to to make announcements uh, for my class. Clarence Joseph is the pitmaster for Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue, a winner this past weekend, giving a class this coming weekend. Clarence, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming up. All right. Thank you, Greg, for the invite. Look forward to another one. You got it. There he is. Clarence Joseph, as I uh, always say each and every time, man. Love talking with that guy. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. All right, so as he said, no website to look at at this point. Maybe just looking to see if this uh, internet isn't just a fad. It's a fad, right? Internet. What's a webpage? Uh, Check them out on the Facebooks. Clarence Joseph or Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue on the Facebooks. Look, if you didn't know, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop shop for anyone interested in barbecue, featuring a comprehensive selection of all-American-made grills, spices, sauces, accessories, even a kit that gives you everything you need to make a world-class smoker out of a 55-gallon drum. Big Papa Smokers has made a name for itself recently by basically winning almost every major barbecue competition with their rubs. They've also banded together with fellow California-based rub maker Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profile that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, the King of the Smoker, which brings the best of the best in barbecue in a head-to-head back-to-basic style competition, King the Smoker unique in the fact that contestants can't use an electric device such as pellet cookers or pit minders, only allowed to use charcoal wood in their wits to win one of the most high-stakes events around. The other competition, the Guinea Pig, a cost-controlled event that helps bring newcomers into the world to competitive barbecue. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category. Helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue. On top of all that, Big Papa's has created a unique brand ambassador program, just released this year, by the way, the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind, it's only six years of doing this now. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, and benefiting children's charities across the U.S. It's just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. Still... Again, go to BigPapaSmokers.com and check out the Rocket Hot Chimney Grillers that Unknown Smoker Accessory makes. You can buy them on Big Papa Smokers. Partnering together. It's fabulous. All right. We will be back to wrap up this show accordingly right after this. Stick around. Be right back.
Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, thanks again to CJ for joining me this past segment, talking about the big one this past weekend. Down in Texas, got a class this coming weekend. Looking forward to that. Again, if you're looking to get in one of his classes, he said every other month here through, I think it was September, hit him up on Facebook, Clarence Joseph, or Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue on Facebook as well. All right. Let's wrap it up all the way back in the first hour through an incredible... What? Through an incredible technical difficulty, which, of course, I figured out. Yes, yes. Stephen Reichland suffered through a abbreviated segment. And then Sterling Smith came on and summarily killed it, as he always does. Sterling, appreciate you. Appreciate you coming up. You're going to be in the Cleveland area at some point this summer, and your time's right. He's giving a class up in the Northeast Ohio area, which I'm excited to uh, take some people to see once we get that logisticalized. Not a word. In the second hour, we talked with uh, the guys over at Rail Yard Barbecue, Rod and Justin, Rod Blackburn and Justin Bowman. Also, uh, shout out to Tommy, their third teammate. And we ended the show with Clarence Joseph from Mom and Papa Joe's Barbecue. Uh, huge show, packed already. Lit- legitimately packed, no room right off the bat. Packed well into April, by the way, so the show's still going strong. That's always good news. Emily Detweiler is in. Max Good is in. Other people that I can't think of right now are in. It's going to be fun. Uh, maybe the steak cook-off guy. I didn't even mention the fact that KCBS is horning in on the steak cook-off action and coming up with their own steak cook-off on Friday night. What? We'll talk about that. Hey, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.